We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And away we go. Episode 251 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. Hope you had a nice Valentine's Day 2022. Hope you had a nice day one of your 2022 NFL offseason. Now, for us as Commanders fans, the offseason started more than a month ago. Uh, But for the entire NFL The offseason now is underway, and one of the best slash worst parts about the NFL offseason is the scuttlebutt, the rumors, the innuendo, and something doesn't have to be all that much of a something to become a something. Case in point, what happened on Monday, our good friend, Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic DC, he wrote a piece about our Commander's Quest this offseason for a franchise quarterback. And Ben always does a really good job. He talks to a lot of people. Among those to whom Ben spoke for this piece, an unnamed NFL executive. The unnamed NFL executive in the piece said that the commanders could justify trading their first round pick in the 2022 NFL draft to the San Francisco 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo if the commanders determine that Garoppolo is their best realistic option at quarterback, i.e. the commanders can't trade for Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers or Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, won't trade for Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, don't love any of the quarterbacks available to the commanders in the 2022 NFL draft. If the commanders look at things that way, giving up the first-round pick for Jimmy G, at least to this unnamed NFL executive, could be justified. Yeah, the number 11 pick in the draft to the Niners for Jimmy G. Now, this to me would be criminal, okay? Uh, This to me would incite a riot, and I would be leading that riot. Again, it's not that Jimmy G is terrible, but he's limited, and I'm not giving up a first-round pick for a guy at quarterback who is limited. But, you know, this caused like so much conversation on Monday. It's not like this unnamed NFL executive was saying that the commanders are going to be giving up a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, or even that the commanders are considering giving up a first round pick 
for Jimmy Garoppolo. This was just speculation. And yet, this became a thing. Uh, people took this and went nuts with this on Monday. That right there is the NFL offseason in a nutshell. Welcome to the next six months. But it's great to have you on board. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, number 39 in the country on Apple Podcasts in the U.S. football category. Thank you very much. That is a credit to you. Uh, what are the biggest lessons of the now-concluded 2022 NFL playoffs for our commanders. I'm going to get to that next segment. One of the lessons is pretty apparent. Another one, though, uh, not so much. And it runs contrary to what so many of us have been told over the years. Also on the show, I'll talk Wizards. Uh, They won on Monday night, uh, albeit against the NBA worst Detroit Pistons, uh, but a 103-94 victory over the Pistons at Capital One Arena. The rest of this Wizard season is not about winning, at least not to me. The rest of this Wizard season to me is more about young players developing. And a key young player, Denny Abdia, was really good on Monday night. Uh, not so good on Monday night was Georgetown. Uh, the Hoyas' horrendous season rolls along. They fell to 0 and 13 in the Big East with an 88 77 loss at Creighton on Monday night. Are we ever going to hear the legendary Rich Fotkin scream, Hoyas win, Hoyas win, off a Biggie's victory for the Hoyas this season? Hoyas win! Hoyas win! Hoyas win! Hoyas win! Hoyas win! Yeah, I want to hear a Hoyas win, Hoyas win at some point this Georgetown season. Uh, I will talk Hoyas coming up in just a bit. I'll also talk about the big game in Blacksburg on Monday night. Virginia Tech defeating Virginia 62-53 at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg on Monday night. What a turnaround for the Hokies. They have gone from 2-7 and seven in the ACC to 8-7 and seven in the ACC. Well, I just talked about the nature of the NFL offseason. We on Monday did get a Kyler Murray update. Uh, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. I talked about his situation on Monday's show, episode 250. So just to catch up, Kyler recently scrubbed his Instagram account of all but two posts while also unfollowing the Cardinals. Nobody had been quite sure what to make of that. Then ESPN NFL insider Chris Mortensen on Sunday tweeted the following, quote, the odd vibe between the at AZ Cardinals and Kyler Murray is indeed alarming. Murray is described as self-centered, immature, and finger pointer per sources. Murray is frustrated with franchise and was embarrassed by playoff loss to Rams and thinks he's been framed as the scapegoat. Where's it headed? Despite the acrimony, the Cardinals expect things to calm down, and Murray is their QB. Select veterans hope to reach Murray on how he handle adversity better. Coach Cliff Kingsbury also is self-scouting where he can provide better alternatives for QB, end quote. But how about that? Kyler Murray described as self-centered, immature, and a finger pointer per sources to Chris Mortensen. Well, Kyler Murray on Monday responded to all of this. He posted the following on social media. Quote, I play this game for the love of it. My teammates, everyone who has helped me get to this position that believed in me and to win championships. All of this nonsense is not what I'm about. Never has been, never will be. Anyone who has ever stepped between those lines with me knows how hard I go. Love me or hate me, but I'm going to continue to grow and get better. End quote. So that was the social media statement from Kyler Murray 
on Monday. A few things. Number one, he doesn't exactly deny what was in that Mort report. Number two, when you have to put out a statement, that means that there is something going on. Okay, now, you know, where this ultimately leads, who knows? Do I think the Cardinals are going to trade Kyler Murray this offseason? No, I don't. But, you know, the Cardinals are in an interesting position because Kyler Murray, to me, overall is a good quarterback, but he is coming up on being up for a big money contract extension. The Cardinals don't have to give Kyler Murray the extension this offseason, but if you love the guy, now would be a good time to do so. This is the time at which, say, the Buffalo Bills gave the big money contract extension to Josh Allen. And if you're not going to give Kyler Murray the big money contract extension because you have concerns about him in terms of his personality or his maturity or whatever, well, then what are you doing here? And maybe you do need to entertain trading him. Now, again, do I think the Cardinals are going to trade Kyler Murray? No. Do I think that our commanders should be adding Kyler Murray to their wish list of potentially available franchise quarterbacks this offseason? Not just yet, uh, but this is something definitely worth monitoring. And I tell you what, it's tricky because I think Kyler Murray's talent is appealing. Kyler Murray's age is appealing. The fact that Kyler Murray is still on a rookie contract is appealing. But this is a major red flag, what Chris Mortensen had in that tweet session on Sunday. And the other thing is this, and I brought this up on Monday's show, but where is this coming from? Like, obviously, Chris Mortensen got this stuff from someone, presumably someone inside the Cardinals organization, either a teammate of Kyler Murray or a coach for the Cardinals or an executive for the Cardinals. So that person or persons who gave this stuff to Mortensen What's going on between that person or persons and Kyler Murray? Like, what compelled that person or persons to leak this stuff to Chris Mortensen? How ugly exactly might things be between the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray? These are the things to be thinking about if you're a Commanders fan when it comes to any potential pursuit of Kyler Murray. But uh, that is where things stand with Kyler. Like I said, the NFL offseason uh, has begun. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Brett Williams on Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Writes Brett, love the pod, have issues with the intro music, but I listen every day. Your show talking about the potential resurgence of the junkies report about Dan shifted me even more to team. My team is dead. Of course, losing the name hurt, but while the team had no name, that felt still like my Redskins were still there and that I just couldn't rep the name. With the new name did come a bit more of a disconnect, but eh, still my team, I suppose. Then the story and the bump in the idea that it might finally take Dan down, and that's when it hit me. I don't care. I don't care if Dan continues to own this team because a new owner won't bring me back. Dan through hubris and negligence, is responsible for the death of the Washington Redskins. A new team resides in Washington. The new team will wear a bastardized version of my old team's carcass. The new team will claim the old team's history and glory years, parentheses, plus one year, evidently, (laughs) and will continue to celebrate the dead team's superstars. Full disclosure, I'll probably root for this new team, if half-heartedly, 
a symptom of Stockholm syndrome of some kind, most likely. Keep up the great work. You're a familiar voice that entertains and informs every morning while I get ready for work now without having to try and secure that AM signal. Well, thank you for that email, Brett. I appreciate the honesty. Uh, You are one of the people who I was talking about on Monday's show, episode 250, when I said that what John Riggins said about commanders spoke for a lot of people. You know, John's saying that he feels, quote, completely disenfranchised, end quote, by the Redskins having become the commanders. Uh, That, to me, spoke for a lot of fans and former fans of the team, no doubt. Uh, Email from Rich Holin on the commanders as the commies and a potential fight song for the team. Writes Rich, I was in favor of a name that was Red Anything. Red Wolves, Red Tails, Red Tape. Uh, Not because of the name itself, but because of the ability to easily retain the most iconic fight song in professional sports. Hail to the WFT skins got me through the past two years, but I was ready to proudly chant Hail to the Red Wolves with every Russell Wilson, parentheses pipe dream, to Terry McLaurin touchdown. I don't want a new tune, just new lyrics. My biggest problem with Commanders is that I wanted a military name that celebrated boots on the ground, grunts or sailors, not elite leadership. But we got what we got and the comedic proposed nickname that is logically followed. So I thought how to put Commanders into a hail to thee motif. And here's the best I could do. Hail to the commies. Hail victory. Proletariats on the warpath. Fight for old Beijing. Fill those Nike stores we want a lot more. Beat and re-educate them. Start a currency war. Fight on fight until you have won. Sons of Mao Zedong. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Keep up the good work. Daily listener since day one. Well, excellent email, Rich. Outstanding work. As I have said about the Commander's Commies thing, it is a joke that has been made many times by now, but it is a joke that does offer a lot of potential for creativity. And that right there, my friends, was creative. Well, if you own, run, or work out of business and you are looking to be more creative and effective with how you run your business, how you communicate and reach customers, and how you operate digitally, then put ImageWorks to work for you. Imageworks is a full-service boutique web design branding and marketing company, and Imageworks right now has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Imageworks has the talent and experience to make sure that you outshine the competition. Imageworks is an award-winning full-service marketing agency, web design company, and branding firm all in one. Imageworks and you will plan your success strategy, create exceptional brand and web experiences, market your business to your customers, and evolve your brand and website experience. So what's the offer? Well, Imageworks does not want to sell you. Imageworks wants to show you what it can do. And that starts with a free review of your website and SEO visibility to establish a base of where you are and map a chart for where you want to be. Imageworks and you will plan with digital web and marketing goals that you can see live via Imageworks customers portal. The portal shows you how all goals are performing in Google Analytics and how all marketing programs and website visitors are behaving. You see, Imageworks is more than a branding and marketing firm. Imageworks is your collaborative partner, your one-stop shop for business growth. So here's what you do. Go to 
imageworkscreative.com. Click on contact. You're the upper right corner. And make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. That's image, one word, works, plural, creative.com. Imageworkscreative.com. Click on contact. You're the upper right corner. And make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. Imageworkscreative.com. Upper right corner. Mention the Al Galdi podcast. Also, you can call or text the owner of Imageworks, Scott, at 703-928-7309. That's 703-928-7309. Scott's a big fan of all Washington, D.C. area teams. He's a regular listener of this podcast, and Scott loves brainstorming ideas and technology that can help you grow your business. Scott has been doing what he is doing since 1996. He's really good at what he does. Imageworks, creative minds focused on one goal, your business success. The lessons of the 2022 NFL playoffs for our commanders. I'll get to that after this. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or that is preventing you from achieving your goals? You or someone you love falling into depression or struggling with anxiety can keep you from what you care about. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Now understand, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. BetterHelp is not self-help. BetterHelp is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide. BetterHelp is convenient. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist from whom you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and so BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You deserve that. And so here's a special offer. Go to betterhelp.com slash Galdi. That's betterhelp.com slash Galdi, G-A-L-D-I. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You'll get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp just by going to betterhelp.com slash Galdi. That's betterhelp.com slash Galdi and get 10% off your first month. So many people have been helped by the great therapists at BetterHelp. How about this from a client on a therapist named Mary Allen? Quote, since I've worked with Mary, I've seen so many positive changes in daily life. I always look forward to our conversations because I feel so supported and Mary always has great ideas and solutions for me. End quote. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that BetterHelp is actually recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Look, we all know people who have struggled with mental health. Perhaps you yourself have struggled with mental health. There's no shame. Those days are done. So many athletes have dealt with mental health difficulties. Take control of your mental health. You deserve to be happy. Go to betterhelp.com slash Galdi. That's betterhelp.com slash Galdi.
All right, let us talk actual commander's football, shall we? Uh, One of my favorite things to do as a fan of my teams is look at those teams in my team's sports that win championships and say, okay, what can my teams learn from those championship-winning teams? Uh, This is how I've talked about the NFL playoffs on this podcast. I have not dissected NFL postseason games from the standpoints of the teams in those games. I've examined NFL postseason games from the standpoint of our team. The team now known as the Commanders. This is a Washington, D.C. sports podcast. This is not a Los Angeles Rams podcast. This is not a Cincinnati Bengals podcast. I do not care about those teams. I do, though, care about what those teams did and how they did what they did and what our Commanders can take from what the Rams and Bengals did. When it comes to the lessons of the now-concluded 2022 NFL playoffs, no lesson was greater or more obvious than this. The NFL is a passing and quarterback league like never before. Uh, This lesson really was shoved in all of our faces during the divisional round. What was an all-time NFL postseason round, right? Maybe the single greatest NFL postseason round ever. Four games, each featured the game-winning score on the final play of the game. We had the Cincinnati Bengals 19-16 win at the Tennessee Titans on Saturday, January 22nd. We had the San Francisco 49ers 13-10 win at the Green Bay Packers on Saturday night, January 22nd. We had the Los Angeles Rams 30-27 win at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday, January 23rd. Each of those games ended on a walk-off field goal, and then the best came last. The Kansas City Chiefs 42-36 overtime win over the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night, January 23rd, a game in which the two teams combined for an insane 25 points over the final two minutes of the fourth quarter. The divisional round of the 2022 NFL playoffs consisted of four games that featured three walk-off field goals in regulation and a walk-off touchdown in overtime, and we had absolute insanity in the fourth quarters of the two Sunday games. We had Matthew Stafford proving his worth as a franchise quarterback with major clutch throws to receiver Cooper Cup to rally the Rams past Tom Brady's Buccaneers off the Rams having blown a 27-3 third quarter lead in what ended up as Brady's final NFL game, at least for now, if you believe uh, that he may come back. I actually think that he may eventually come back. Uh, And then we had one of the greatest quarterback duels in NFL history, the Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes versus the Bills' Josh Allen. In this commander's offseason in which the team is as focused as ever on getting a franchise quarterback, we via that Chiefs-Bills game had maybe the ultimate game in terms of displaying the value of the franchise quarterback because we had two franchise quarterbacks, two of the best franchise quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen going at it in a five-star classic. Look, everyone knows that quarterback matters in the NFL so much, even though, yes, the divisional round did include, right, the Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback 49ers winning at the Aaron Rodgers quarterback Packers. Uh, Nothing is absolute, but the divisional round of the 2022 NFL postseason and then conference championship Sunday in the 2022 NFL postseason crystallized that the NFL has become a league of offense. The NFL has become a league of passing. The NFL has become a league of quarterbacks. And the NFL has become a league of comebacks. Uh, No lead is safe anymore.
The Bengals in their 27-24 overtime win at the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game overcame a 21-3 second quarter deficit. The Rams in their 2017 win over the 49ers in the NFC Championship game overcame a 17-7 fourth quarter deficit. So in terms of lessons for the commanders from the 2022 NFL playoffs, no lesson was greater than the NFL being a passing and quarterback league like never before. And it's interesting that the football gods put this lesson on display in the 2022 NFL playoffs as the commanders were beginning their 2022 offseason, in which the team is making no secret of being all in on trying to get a franchise quarterback. It's as if the football gods decided to provide one last reminder, one last affirmation of the commanders needing to do better in terms of passing offense and quarterback. Well, something that has not been talked about nearly as much as the extent to which the importance of passing offense and quarterback were highlighted via the 2022 NFL playoffs is this, the extent to which rushing offense was diminished via the 2022 NFL playoffs. Uh, Now, that the NFL is a passing league isn't new. That quarterbacks matter a lot isn't new. That passing offense matters more than rushing offense isn't new. That the value of running backs has lessened greatly isn't new. However, the 2022 NFL postseason may well have been a fatal blow to any realistic or plausible contention that rushing offense can still be a huge deal. And I want to be clear about something. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter if a team has a good rushing offense, uh, that does matter. You do want your team to have a good rushing offense. You do want your team to be good at running the football. I do want the commanders to be good at running the football. But any notion that rushing offense matters as much as passing offense is dead, any notion that rushing offense matters in the same ballpark as passing offense is dying. And the 2022 NFL playoffs actually make you question whether rushing offense is even a significant factor in a team making a Super Bowl. How about this? There were 13 games in the 2022 NFL playoffs. Six games in the wild card round, four games in the divisional round, two games on conference championship Sunday, and then Super Bowl 56. 13 games in the 2022 NFL playoffs. Not a single one of those games featured a player who had at least 100 rushing yards. Now, be honest. Prior to me just saying that, had you heard or read that? Because I have not heard or seen that anywhere. You know, I said to myself a week or so ago, you know, we haven't had a single 100-yard rusher so far this postseason. And I held off on talking about that to see how the rest of the postseason played out. Well, we ended up not having a single 100-yard rusher in the 2022 NFL postseason. How many of you were taught growing up about the importance of running the football in December and January when the weather turns cold and the footballs turn hard? How many of you have had it hounded into your heads that running the football is what truly good teams do, is what teams that do well in NFL postseasons do. How many of you have heard incessantly about how an NFL team has to have a bell cow running back, has to have a back capable of carrying the team 
in December and January, a la John Riggins and Clinton Portis for the Redskins back in the day. Yeah, we did not have a single 100-yard rusher in the 2022 NFL postseason. Now, 100-yard games for running backs are far from the best measure of rushing offense. So let's look at some other things, some more sophisticated things. Uh, Let's look at rushing offense through the prism of something that I like to use, football outsiders, DVOA metric. DVOA stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average. It's a rate stat for per-play efficiency that takes context into account. Uh, This is why I like to use DVOA, because context is key. And DVOA factors in all kinds of context, down, distance, field position, time remaining in game, and score. Let's look at the two teams that played in Super Bowl 56 on Sunday night, the Rams and the Bengals. The Rams for the 2021 regular season were number 12 in the NFL in rushing offense per DVOA. Okay, not bad. You know, number 12 is pretty good, but that's certainly not special. The Bengals for the 2021 regular season were number 20 in the NFL in rushing offense per DVOA. So neither of the two teams that just played in the Super Bowl were top 10 in the NFL in rushing offense for the 2021 regular season. And the Bengals, in fact, were in the bottom half of the NFL in rushing offense for the 2021 regular season. Now, seven of the top 10 teams in rushing offense per DVOA for the 2021 regular season did make the 2022 NFL playoffs. So that's a pretty decent correlation, right? Seven of the top 10 rushing offense teams in the regular season made the postseason. But it's also true that eight of the top 10 teams in the NFL in passing offense for DVOA for the 2021 regular season made the 2022 NFL playoffs. So good passing offense had a higher correlation with making the playoffs than good rushing offense did in the 2021 season. Speaking of what correlates with making the NFL postseason. Uh, there were seven players in the 2021 regular season who each had at least a thousand rushing yards. Uh, Commanders running back Antonio Gibson was one of those players, right? He had a thousand yard rushing season for the 2021 regular season. But just two of the seven players who each had at least a thousand rushing yards during the 2021 regular season made the 2022 NFL playoffs. Uh, Those two players, Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon and Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris. That's it. Just two out of seven. If running the football well, especially in December and January, matters so much, why didn't more of the top backs in the NFL in the 2021 regular season make the 2022 postseason? I mean, Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor had a 2021 regular season that was spectacular. Remember, he was being talked up as an MVP candidate. Jonathan Taylor for the 2021 regular season led the NFL by miles in rushing yards at 1,811, led the NFL in rushing touchdowns with 18, and was number five among qualified NFL running backs in yards per carry at 5.45. A tremendous season for Jonathan Taylor. And yet, the Colts didn't make the playoffs. People were going crazy over the season that Jonathan Taylor was having. Again, he was being talked up as an MVP candidate, and yet, the Colts didn't make the playoffs. 
Cleveland Browns running back, Nick Chubb. He had a very good 2021 regular season. Chubb for the 2021 regular season. It was number two in the NFL in rushing yards of 1,259 and was number three among qualified NFL running backs in yards per carry at 5.52. And yet, the Browns did not make the playoffs. Uh, I can keep going. Seattle Seahawks running back Rashad Penny, a great 2021 regular season. Penny for the 2021 regular season was number one among all qualified players in the NFL, running backs and quarterbacks in yards per carry at 6.29. And yet, the Seahawks didn't make the playoffs. Now, compare all of these running backs who had great 2021 regular seasons not making the 2022 NFL playoffs with this. Six of the top eight and eight of the top 13 quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR for the 2021 regular season played in the divisional round of the 2022 NFL playoffs. So forget about just making the playoffs. Six of the top eight and eight of the top 13 quarterbacks in total QBR for the 2021 regular season made it to the divisional round of the 2022 NFL postseason. Uh, Those quarterbacks were the Green Bay Packers' Aaron Rodgers, who finished the 2021 regular season number one among qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in total QBR. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Tom Brady, number two. The Los Angeles Rams' Matthew Stafford, number four. The Kansas City Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes, number five. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, number six. The Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill, number eight. The Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, number 12. And the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, number 13. Again, much higher correlation of good quarterbacks making and doing well in the NFL postseason as compared to the correlation with good running backs just making the NFL postseason. There's also this the Rams won Super Bowl 56 in spite of of their rushing offense, not because of their rushing offense. Uh, The Rams' top running back, Cam Akers, could do nothing in Super Bowl 56. Cam Akers in Super Bowl 56 totaled 13 carries for just 21 yards, 1.62 yards per carry. I love Rams head coach, and yes, former Skins offensive assistant, Sean McVay, but the truth is that you very much could argue that McVay calling so many Cam Akers runs hurt the Rams as much as anything in Super Bowl 56. Uh, EPA is expected points added. EPA is a high-level stat that's actually the basis for ESPN's total QBR metric. There were 26 team offensive performances in the 2022 NFL playoffs. So 13 games in the 2022 NFL playoffs. Each game, right, has two teams and thus two offensive performances. So 26 total team offensive performances in the 2022 NFL playoffs. The Rams in the 2022 NFL playoffs in terms of EPA per rushing play, according to Pro Football Focus, had the numbers 19, 24, 25, and 26 most effective rushing performances out of the 26-team rushing performances in the 2022 
NFL playoffs, okay? So 26 total team rushing performances in the 2022 NFL postseason. The Rams, over their four games, had the numbers 19, 24, 25, and 26 most effective rushing performances if you go by EPA per rushing play for pro football focus. The Rams' rushing offense in the 2022 NFL postseason was abysmal, and yet the Rams won the Super Bowl. What does that tell you about the importance of rushing offense? And so I bring all of this up regarding our commanders for two reasons. Number one, this only further heightens the commander's need to upgrade a quarterback and get their passing offense to a better place. Number two, this really does make the commander's formula for success during their four-game winning streak during the 2021 regular season look antiquated, doesn't it? Remember the narrative during the commander's four-game winning streak from weeks 10 through 13 of the 2021 regular season. Ah, the team ran the ball more, thus the team won these games. You know, you heard or read some version of that over and over and over again. And as I said at the time, that was fake news, okay? The commanders, yes, were running the ball more, but the commanders were running the ball more because the commanders were playing with leads. And the commanders were playing with leads because of the team's improved defense and Taylor Heineke's high-level play. The commanders running the ball more during the four-game winning streak wasn't the cause of the four-game winning streak. The commanders running the ball more during the four-game winning streak was, in essence, a result of the four-game winning streak. Both the defense and Heineke were really good during the four-game winning streak. Heineke, during the four-game winning streak, completed 92 of his 119 pass attempts. That works out to a completion percentage of 77.3, which is outstanding. Now, that's not to say that the commander's running game was not a factor during the four-game winning streak. The commander's running game was a factor during the four-game winning streak. Antonio Gibson did a nice job during the four-game winning streak. He totaled 95 carries during the four-game winning streak. Gibson in the 27-21 win at the Carolina Panthers in week 11 had 19 carries for 95 yards, uh, though he also had a lost fumble. And he actually had another boo-boo. He got tackled out of bounds in the fourth quarter, essentially giving the Panthers an extra timeout. But he had 19 carries for 95 yards. Gibson in the 17-15 win over the Seattle Seahawks at FedEx Field on Monday Night Football in week 12, 29 carries for 111 yards and seven receptions for 35 yards on seven targets. And Gibson in the 17-15 win at the Las Vegas Raiders in week 13, 23 carries for 88 yards and five receptions for 23 yards and a touchdown on six targets. So that was nice, no doubt. But the key to the commanders being great offensively isn't getting Antonio Gibson a bunch of carries. Uh, I never liked hearing that during the four-game winning streak. And that sounds even more ridiculous now, given what we just saw in the NFL playoffs. Again, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter if a team has a good rushing offense. That does matter. You do want your team to have a good rushing offense. You do want your team to be good at running the football. But understand that right now in the NFL, good rushing offense has perhaps never mattered less and good passing offense has perhaps never mattered more. And the extent to which those things were amplified in the 2022 NFL playoffs 
was pretty remarkable. Up next, a win for the Wizards. Uh, Also on the way, another loss for Georgetown and a big win for Virginia Tech over Virginia. Are the Hokies and not the Cavaliers the best basketball team in the state of Virginia this season? We'll get to all of this coming up. All right, my friends, I want to tell you about something special, a great, easy, and affordable way to have your meals. HelloFresh. HelloFresh is great. Uh, With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. This is why HomeFresh is America's number one meal kit. And HelloFresh is offering something really special to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. More on that shortly. But if you want to eat healthy or at least eat healthier, uh, you want to eat food that tastes great and you don't have time to be making trips to buy food and coming up with complicated recipes, you got to try HelloFresh. We tried HelloFresh and loved it. Uh, I got a HelloFresh box that was heavy on meat. We cooked up some great ground beef and delicious pork, had tostadas. They were excellent. My wife followed the detailed recipe that HelloFresh provided, in addition to all of the ingredients that we needed. And my four-year-old son loved the food. And trust me, that's big because he's impossible to please, okay? He's a major diva. He's worse than his father. Uh, HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skimping on quality. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items from which to choose each week, including veggie, calorie-smart, family-friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety, and HelloFresh offers flexibility with which you can customize your order. And HelloFresh will save you money. A HelloFresh meal, on average, is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality, and you can save, on average, over $65 a month by ordering HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. So here's what you do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use that code Galdi16 for the special offer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, the Wizards may not be a good team this NBA season, but the Detroit Pistons are worse much worse. And the Wizards came through against the lowly Pistons on Monday night. Valentine's night ended up being a lovely night uh, for our Wizards, although they did lose a key player to injury. The Wizards improved to 26-30 and with a 103-94 win over the Pistons at Capital Win Arena on Monday night. Wizards won for just the third time in 12 games. Wizards improved to just 16-27 and since their 10 and 3 start to the season, the Pistons fell to an NBA worst 12 and 45. So, as bad as things have been for months now for the Wizards, things have been much worse for the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons are terrible this season. Uh, still no Chris Amps Porzingis for the Wizards. He did not play on Monday night uh, for a second consecutive game as a Wizard uh, due to a right knee bone bruise. Daniel Gafford on Monday night did not play for a fourth consecutive game off having been in the NBA's health and safety protocols. And Bradley Beal, of course, is out for the rest of the regular season due to a torn ligament in his left wrist on which he underwent surgery last Thursday. But also out for the Wizards on Monday night ended up being Rui Hachimura. Uh, he left the game with a right ankle sprain, played for just 9 minutes, 42 seconds off the bench. Uh, Rui has been coming off the bench. He has been shooting well on threes. That has been good. But overall, Rui hasn't truly gotten going uh, like we know he can. Remember, Rui missed the Wizards' first 39 games of the regular season due to personal reasons and then being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. So we'll see where Rui is at with this sprained right ankle. Uh, this was not necessarily an easy win for the Wizards over the Pistons at Capital One Arena on Monday night. Wizards won despite blowing a 12-point second quarter lead. Wizards led in the second quarter by 12 points at 42-30 that allowed the Pistons to go on a 26-12 run for a two-point deficit in the third quarter at 56-54, but then went on a 49-35 run for a 12-point lead late in the fourth quarter at 103-91. Uh, the Wizards did play well defensively. I mean, again, the Pistons are not good, uh, but the Wizards held the Pistons to just 8-23 on threes. The Wizards held the Pistons to just 24-62 on twos. Uh, the Wizards went just 9-29 of on threes, but also went 31-56 on twos and outscored the Pistons in the paint. 48-32. And honestly, the best part about the Wizards on Monday night was their bench. Uh, the Wizards bench ended up being really good and nobody was better than Denny Avdia. Uh, Avdia was terrific on Monday night. Avdia in 30 minutes, 43 seconds off the bench, one of three on threes, three of six on twos, three of four on free throws. He finished with 12 points, 15 rebounds, three assists versus two turnovers and a game best tying plus-minus rating of plus 13. The fourth quarter of this game was ugly. Uh, each team scored just 16 points. Avdia, though, in that fourth quarter, had eight rebounds. Now, there were many rebound opportunities with both the Wizards and the Pistons shooting so poorly in the fourth quarter, but Denny Avdia, eight boards in the fourth quarter, 15 boards in the game, finishes with 12 points, 15 rebounds, three assists versus two turnovers in the game best 
tying plus-minus rating of plus 13. Here was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference on Monday night on Denny Avdia doing well, especially considering now, right, a guy like Avdia has a real opportunity to play more and do well, given the Wizards having traded away Spencer Dinwiddie, Montrez Harrell, and Davies Bertans on NBA trade deadline day last Thursday. Oh, he's taking full advantage of it. Um, you know, it's not mistake-free, and I don't, no one expects it to be, but um, I love his effort. You know, I think he's he's trying to understand, you know, trying to do the right thing. Um, but, you know, his overall effort is, is that gives him that gives him a chance. You know, I think that's important. Um, defensively, he's been active. You know, he's trying to trying to maintain the matchup and understand the tendencies and person, uh, personnel um, situations. He's doing a better job of uh, recognizing who he's guarding, how that how, how do we want to handle those situations um, and then the rebounding component. You know, you know, Kuz has shown his ability to do it. I think it's now <laughs> Denny's turn. But, you know, those those guys, him, uh, Kuz and Rui, you know, we talked about those three wings, their size and, and the versatility they bring. It's just another dynamic, another dimension for us. Speaking of Rui, how is he feeling? Uh, you know, it took a, a, a bit of a spill, a sprained ankle, but uh, uh, they're, they're going to take a look at it. Before I comment, I want to make sure. The medical staff has a chance to look at it, you know, and, and see how he responds. And Denny Avdia on Monday night responded well. Also good off the bench for the Wizards on Monday night. Ish Smith, uh, Ish in 20 minutes, 19 seconds off the bench. 0 of 1 on threes, 4 of 7 on twos. He finished with 8 points and 6 assists versus 1 turnover. And Anthony Gill on Monday night, 25-33 off the bench, 3 of 4 from the field, all twos. He finished with 6 points, 6 rebounds, including 4 offensive boards, two assists versus two turnovers, and a game best time plus minus rating of plus 13. So Denny Avdia, Ish Smith, and Anthony Gill all doing nice jobs off the Wizards bench on Monday night. As for the Wizards starters on Monday night, uh, honestly, a lot of mixed performances. Uh, Kyle Kuzma went just one of four on threes, had two assists versus four turnovers, but he also went nine of 14 on twos, finished with 23 points, and seven rebounds in 37 minutes, 34 seconds as a starter. And Kuzma was a beast in the third quarter. The Wizards won the third quarter 37-28. Kuzma in that third quarter, 17 points and three rebounds. So really nice job by Kuzma in the third quarter. It was good to see Contavious Caldwell-Pope finally make some threes. Uh, KCP came into the game on Monday night just 5 of 19 on threes in this month of February. Uh, he on Monday night went 4-6 on threes. So KCP on Monday night nearly made as many threes as he had made for the entire month of February going into the game. He did, though, go just 2-9 and on twos. Uh, KCP finished with 16 points and three assists versus two turnovers in 35-15 as a starter. Howell Neto remained the Wizards' starting point guard. He was a Wizards' starting point guard for a third consecutive game. I do wonder if eventually we might see Ish Smith as the Wizards starting point guard. Ish has looked good in each of his two games back with the Wizards since being reacquired by the team last Thursday. But uh, Neto on Monday night, 0 of 4 on threes, but also 5 of 7 on twos. He finished with 11 points, 4 steals, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists versus 3 turnovers in 27-41 as a starter. Next up for the Wizards. Back-to-back games and then the NBA All-Star break. The Wizards will be at the Indiana Pacers Wednesday night at 7.30 and then will be at the Brooklyn Nets Thursday night at 7.30.
All right, let's talk college basketball. Georgetown, Virginia, and Virginia Tech all in action on Valentine's Day night. The Cavaliers played at the Hokies. I'll get to that shortly. But we begin with Georgetown, which lost again. Uh, the Hoyas nightmare continues. They fell to 6-18 and overall and 0-13 in the Big East with an 88-77 loss at Creighton on Monday night. Uh, this off an 80-66 loss to Creighton at Capital One Arena this past Saturday afternoon. The Hoyas now have lost 14 consecutive games. The Hoyas in falling to 0-13 in the Big East tied for the fifth worst start in Big East play in a season in conference history. Uh, this season cannot end soon enough for Georgetown, and the Hoyas are having some games bunched in tight here because of some previous games having been postponed due to COVID-19 protocols. Uh, the Hoyas on Monday night lost the first half 48-31. The Hoyas did cut what ended up being a 23-point second-half deficit to six, but that was as close as Georgetown got in the second half. Uh, Hoyas defense was really bad again. Hoyas allowed Creighton to go 12-29 on threes, allowed Creighton to go 16-23 on twos. Uh, the Hoyas did not defend without fouling. They allowed Creighton to attempt 27 free throw attempts, though Creighton did go just 20-27 on free throws. But the Hoyas allowed Alex O'Connell of Creighton to go 5-11 of on threes. He finished with 27 points and 5 assists did have six turnovers, but Georgetown remains one of the worst defensive teams in the country. Like, if you're trying to break this down, like, why are the Hoyas so bad? It starts with their defense. They are a terrible defensive team. They have been a mostly terrible defensive team during Patrick Ewing's time as Georgetown head coach. Georgetown this season now is just 261st out of 358 teams in Division One in adjusted defensive efficiency for KentPalm.com. Adjusted defensive efficiency is points allowed per 100 possessions adjusted for opponents. 261st out of 358 teams in Division One. Also, uh, the Hoyas shooting on Monday night was brutal. Hoyas won a putrid 3 of 19 on threes. This off Georgetown having gone just 6 of 24 on threes in the loss to Creighton at Capital One Arena this past Saturday afternoon. So the Hoyas in these two games against Creighton, a combined 9 of 43 on threes. Uh, also, the Hoyas on Monday night went just 23 of 50 on twos. The Hoyas on Monday night actually only committed eight turnovers, but the Hoyas on Monday night totaled just six assists, six assists for the entire game. Uh, way too many guys just did not shoot well for Georgetown on Monday night. Caden Rice actually started as opposed to coming off the bench, but he in 29 minutes as a starter went 0 of 6 on threes and 0 of 2 on twos, scored just two points. Donald Carey went just 1 of 5 on threes, though he did go 4 of 7 on twos, finished with 12 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 steals in 32 minutes as a starter. Point guard Dante Harris went just 1 of 6 on threes and just 8 of 18 on twos. He also committed three turnovers, though he did finish with 23 points, four rebounds, two steals, and two assists in 37 minutes as a starter. But a lot of inefficiency from Georgetown players in terms of shooting on Monday night. The biggest bright spot for the Hoyas was the 6'5", five-star freshman, Amino Muhammad. Now, he came to Georgetown with a lot of promise. It's not that Muhammad has been a bad player this season, but he has not been, you know, this program-changing player 
that he was built up to be. But Muhammad on Monday night was really good. He went 8 of 15 from the field, all twos, and 11 of 11 on free throws. He finished with 27 points, 10 rebounds, including four offensive boards and two steals in 34 minutes as a starter. So it was nice to see that, but it's not nice seeing Georgetown as it is 0 and 13 in the Big East, 14 consecutive losses. Next up for the Hoyas at Marquette, Wednesday night at 8. Like I said, Georgetown has some games bunched in right now, and so no rest for the weary. Uh, The Hoyas got to keep grinding and got to try to find a way to get at least a win in Big East play this season. Meantime, big game in Blacksburg on Monday night as we had a clash in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Virginia and Virginia Tech playing, and Virginia Tech beat Virginia. Virginia Tech improved to 16-10 and overall and 8-7 and in the ACC with a 62-53 win over Virginia at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg on Monday night. Virginia fell to 16-10 and overall and 10-6 and in the ACC. The Hokies now have won six consecutive games off a 2-7 and seven start in the ACC, and the Cavaliers' four-game winning streak ended. Each team came into this game playing really well. The Hokies, though, end up prevailing over Wahoo. A big win for the Hokies. They really are rolling right now. Hokies trailed at the half 29-25, but then won the second half 37-24. And what sticks with you from this game more than anything, if you watched it, the Hokies' defense stifling the Cavs. Now, some of this was Virginia just missing shots, But geez, uh, the Hokies, not necessarily known for their defense, but the defense has been better. And the Hokies dominated the Cavs in terms of the Hokies defense versus the Cavs offense on Monday night. The Hokies held the Cavs to just 53 points. The Hokies held the Cavs to 0 of 9 on threes. Yeah, Virginia did not make a three the entire game. The Hokies held the Cavs to just 22 of 46 on twos. And the Hokies did really well against two of Virginia's best players. The Hokies held Virginia's point guard, 5'10 senior Kihei Clark, to 0 of 5 on threes and just 1 of 4 on twos. Clark, in 31 minutes, 42 seconds as a starter, scored just two points, committed four fouls, and had a game-worst plus-minus rating of minus 17. UVA head coach Tony Bennett during his post-game press conference on Monday night on what happened with Kihei Clark. Yeah, um, you know, he's, he's been playing well, and he just, um, yeah, just, you know, again, our, we're trying to be as efficient as we can, and again, we didn't make a three, and again, some of a couple of uh, uncharacteristic turnovers, um, or, you know, I kind of told him about it one time when he took a shot and got it blocked, but we need him to look to score, but, you know, with all the guys, it's it's finding that sweet spot in this kind of game, because it was a physical game, and Virginia Tech did a good job defensively, you know, jamming the lane, um, playing good physical defense. We were trying to do the same. And so, you know, the possessions mattered. You know, you had to get a shot up every time. And so when you had an empty possession or a or a poor attempt, um, that was that hurt us. So again, they they played good defense on him and you know, for him, he um, that wasn't one of his better games and you know, he'll bounce back and hopefully be ready for our next one. Yeah, well, also having a rough go of it for Virginia on Monday night was the East Carolina transfer, Jaden Gardner. Uh, the Hokies held Jaden Gardner to just 7 of 17 shooting, all twos, and got him to commit three turnovers. Now, Gardner did finish with 17 points, 14 rebounds, including four offensive boards and two assists and 37-48 as a starter, but he scored just two points in the second half 
Uh, Tech was not great offensively, but was good enough. Tech went just 5 of 20 on threes, but Tech also went 15 of 26 on twos. And Tech went 17 of 21 on free throws. The Wahoos went 9 of 12 on free throws. So Tech outscored the Hoos in terms of points off free throws, 17-9. Big game for Kebe Aluma. He went 0 of 2 on threes, but 10 of 12 on twos and 4 of 5 on free throws. He finished with 24 points, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks, and a game best plus minus rating of plus 17 and 35-14 as a starter. Another key hokey was Justin Mutz. Now, Mutz did not have a great shooting game, but he otherwise was terrific. Mutz went 0 of 1 on threes, just 1 of 5 on twos, but he also went 6 of 6 on free throws, finished with 8 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists versus no turnovers, and 2 steals in 36-31 as a starter. And Mutz was a big part of the Hokies' defense on Jaden Gardner. He was Virginia Tech head coach Mike Young during his postgame press conference on Justin Mutz's defense on Jaden Gardner. Yeah, I thought Mutz was uh, just really good uh, on that matchup. I'm sure Aluma guarded him some uh, as we wanted Mutz on uh, Kafaro more than, uh, uh, but I have to go back and look at it. But Justin had the line share of that match in the uh, second. I thought um, as good and J- as good as Jaden is, um, I thought Mutz uh, made him uh, made him uncomfortable. He wants to rip at the baseline. He wants to. Uh, out of his left hand and stepped back, and I thought uh, Justin really covered that uh, that up and, and did a, a really good job on a really, really good player. Yeah, on what ended up being a really, really good night for the Hokies. Next up for Virginia Tech, home to North Carolina, Saturday afternoon at 4. Next up for Virginia at Miami, Saturday evening at 5. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 252. We'll feature plenty more on our commanders. I want to ask a question that is perhaps a bit disturbing, but I think it's something to be thinking about. The NFL right now is trending in the direction of younger, offensive-minded head coaches. Our commanders have an older, defensive-minded head coach in Ron Rivera. Does that matter? I'm going to talk about that on Wednesday's show. Also on Wednesday's show, a post-game Tuesday night's Capitals game. The Caps will be at the Nashville Predators Tuesday night at 8. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Hoyas win! Hoyas win! Hoyas win! Hoyas win! Hoyas win! The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. 
mypatriotsupply.com.